Welcome back to this week's episode of the Chicago Maroon. As always, I am Isaac Krakoka, and I am joined by both some new and some old voices. I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Caitlin Lozada. I'm Mickey Yang. I'm Gregory Caesar. And I'm Jake Zucker. Great. We all know Greg already, so he'll get us started with the first story about a new hotel near campus. Okay, sure. So, a new hotel geared towards visiting new Chicago families has recently opened on the Midway. Called the study at University of Chicago, it's located beside the Rubenstein Forum at 60th and South Kimbark. It features 12 stories and 167 guest units and a host of other amenities like fitness facilities, ballroom and conference spaces, and a tavern-style restaurant that will hopefully open by the end of the spring quarter. This property is the third development of the Study Hotel's brand, which has previously opened properties at Yale in 2008 and UPenn Drexel in 2017, with a fourth property underway at John Hopkins. The Maroon interviewed Paul McGowan, founder and president of the Study Hotel's parent company, Hospitality 3. He praised the property's academic character, citing the fact that every room boasts a reading chair, an ottoman, and more than 600 feet of new and used books bought to decorate guest rooms and function spaces as well. The hotel also features prominent views of the university campus, Lake Michigan, and downtown Chicago. The full story is up on the Maroons' website and was first reported by Noah Glasgow. Honestly, I had no idea this existed <laughs> until recently, and I think it's a really cool concept. Like, capitalizing on a niche market like this seems really smart. Um, and I think this will be pretty popular with families, especially given the hotel's proximity to campus, because... Mm -hmm. You know, the alternative would be commuting to and from Chicago, which isn't terrible, but it's definitely less convenient. Right, and there are very few, like, hotel options available in Hyde Park. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have had family come in or not, but my parents tend to stay at the Sophie Hotel on 53rd, which is incredibly expensive and, like, mm -hmm. one of the very few hotel markets in Hyde Park, so it's kind of a captive audience. Uh, that hotel's very cool. They've got a cool bar, a cool restaurant, all that stuff. But, like, there are many hotel options in the Hyde Park area. So opening this up with the market geared towards towards families and parents and stuff like that, uh, I don't know, it seems, it seems like a fascinating idea. I'm interested to see what the turnout will be next year. Um, when I'm a grad student here, um, my parents might be staying there. But I don't know. Sounds cool. There's a tavern in the first floor. I'm yeah. excited for that. Uh, especially because there are no, like, restaurant and bar-type things for students that are living south of the Midway. There aren't many, you know, restaurant bar options for those off-campus students and those in-campus students, I guess. But anyways, very cool. Um, Jake, you've got a story about mock trial, I guess. I do. Um, the University of Chicago mock trial team was one of only six programs nationally this year to send two teams to the national championship tournament in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. The university's A and B teams were two of the 48 teams out of over 700 nationwide that managed to qualify for this tournament. Mock trial is a competitive trial simulation where undergraduates serve as attorneys and witnesses. Attorneys give speeches and cross and direct examine witnesses who can play eccentric characters to make themselves more interesting to watch for the judges who score each team on many different components to determine who wins out of the two teams competing. For most mock trial competitions, the case that the competitors are working on is the same throughout the year, with just some updates to keep things interesting. But for nationals, an entirely new case is given out just three weeks before the competition. I actually speak from personal experience as a member of the university's B team, who went to nationals when I say that that's a real challenge, forcing a team to rapidly come up with a new case theory and compelling characters to win judges over. 
but the University of Chicago was clearly up to that challenge. Not only did program president and attorney Roma Shaw and second year witness Juliana Mothersbaugh win individual awards, but our A team was the only team that was undefeated through the first three out of four rounds of the tournament. And they went on to the vaunted final round. Only the two teams that win their divisions go to a, a fifth and final round, which determines the winner of the tournament. This was the first time in the history of UChicago that we sent a team to the final round, which was against Harvard. Unfortunately, Harvard did win that round, with three of the five judges giving them higher scores. And so the University of Chicago's A-team finished second in the country. It was a lot of fun to go to nationals. I actually played a drug expert, whose primary purpose was to disagree with the other team's drug expert. So when the other team would bring in some sort of demonstrative, um, usually cups and white powder, I would just take their powder and come up with some way to discredit them. I ended up bringing some of that white powder home with me accidentally, which didn't go over great with TSA. They stopped me and actually had to test my vitamin C. <laughs> Triads for mock trial happen every fall and usually involve some sort of argumentative speech of your own choosing. Um, mine was actually about Avatar The Last Airbender. I adapted the intro in some way. Um, in retrospect, the program president, Roma Shah, who I mentioned, told me that I was hopping around during my audition. That was not an intentional choice, but I got in. So all's well that ends well. Well, congratulations to the mock trial team. Thank that you, thank you. Very, very fascinating. Admittedly, I don't know a whole lot about mock trial until, you know, just recently, but it sounds really, really compelling, and I'd say we encourage everyone to get involved if they can. Is that right? I sure think so. This article was written by Sabrina Chang and is up on the Maroons website. Wonderful. Great. Um, sticking with some UChicago news, Kate, do you want to tell us about some new grad school rankings? Yeah. So the University of Chicago is well known for their graduate schools, and that recognition is paying off. In the U.S. News and World Report, the University of Chicago Law School ranked third on their best law schools list, while the Booth School of Business tied for first with the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania on their best business schools list. Based on quality assessment, employment placement success, and student selectivity, these indicators take into account various factors that make up the professional school experience, such as peer assessment scores from the deans and directors of the schools, recruiter assessment, mean starting salary for graduates, bar passage rates for the law school, and mean GMAT and GRE for the Booth School of Business, among a few other factors. This ranking is a grand improvement from the law schools and the Booth's ranking from previous years, as the law school ranked fourth and Booth ranked third in 2022. The last time Booth topped the best business schools list was in 2018, when it tied for first with the Harvard Business School. The law school has consistently remained in the number four spot since 2020, but overtook Harvard Law School this past year. It still remains behind Yale and Stanford Law School, which make up the first and second spot on the 2023 list, respectively. Does anyone want to go to the Booth School of Business for grad school? I will be a graduate student here next year. I know that's been like a recurring discussion point for episodes throughout this throughout this whole entire year, if we have consistent listeners during my whole MPH graduation like application cycle. Anyways, for the one person that may be interested, I am staying here for my grad school, so pat on the back to me. Um, but yeah, uh, Booth School of Business, congratulations to them and congratulations to the law school. I have not taken a single business or econ class at this school. <laughs> but Yeah, I'm considering going to law school and I haven't taken a single law Class well, there is a bit of a pipeline from the University of Chicago <laughs> mock trial team, the University of Chicago Law School, if, if you have any interest. Very cool. Um, um, this article was edited by Taryn Kim and is now available on the Chicago Maroon website. Wonderful. 
Mickey, you want to tell us a little bit about some greater Hyde Park Woodlawn news? Uh, yes. In his new article published on April 17th, Chicago Maroon writer Zachary Later introduced us to the Chicago Chicken Rescue, a shelter that since 2016 has rescued hens, ducks, peafowls, and roosters, providing rehab care and finding forever homes for chickens who are neglected, abused, or discarded. It currently has around 80 animals in the backyard in Woodlawn. And if you visit them, you can spot a small, small man-made pond, grassy space, and two large coops, dogs drinking from a kiddie pool, chickens and birds everywhere, turkeys lurking in the background, and one peacock sitting atop a fence, watching over the whole scene and guarding the birds from predators such as raccoons. Well, it was a very cute scene. But behind this cuteness, there are actually a lot of efforts involved. According to Christina Zelano, who runs this shelter, she and her husband spend between $15,000 and $20,000 out of pocket on the rescue each year, and they both spend 10 or more hours working for the rescue per week. Well, why are their efforts important? What does it mean to the birds in Chicago? The Maroon also visited Chicago Animal Care and Control, CACC, and spoke with CACC Assistant Director Jenny Schluter about the Chicago Chicken Rescue and bird care efforts. Schluter emphasized the work done by Chicago Chicken Rescue and CACC, including busting cockfightings at the west of Chicago and rescuing chickens in the process, and fostering adoptions of that bus birds instead of euthanizing them. Well, with the help of Chicago Chicken Rescue, CACC has euthanized fewer than 10% of its animals for four years of running. Given the fact that many of the chickens and rescues birds come from bloody sports such as cockfighting or from individuals in the Chicago community who are unable to care for the birds, I think it is important for organizations such as them to exist to educate the Chicago residents about proper animal care. While there is a notable increase uh, largely to the rising popularity of keeping non-traditional pets, it is important for people to research about the cost of keeping them. Carrying chickens, for instance, can be messy as they draw flies in the summer and can be really time-consuming. For off-campus U Chicago students interested in keeping birds and chickens, for instance, CACC and Chicago Chicken Rescue are here to provide resources for you and keep in mind that the moment of, oh, it's cute, is important, but responsibility and preparedness are also needed. Also, you are more than welcome to go volunteering for them instead of just seeing Insta photos of cute ducks at Botany Pond. It's a feel-good story. Mm -hmm. I like hearing that. Um, yeah. Just to round this episode off, then, I'll be covering the university's COVID update for the week of April 15th through the 21st. This article was originally written by Solana Adedokan, and it's currently on the Maroons website. You can find all this information in your email as well. So during this past week, there were 372 new cases and 611 close contacts at UChicago, according to an email sent last Friday, April 22nd. And as of its sending, there were 116 students isolating on campus and 135 isolating off campus. Additionally, the surveillance testing found 72 positive cases during this week yielding a 6.28% positivity rate, which is incredibly high, if I do say so myself. Most of the cases detected via surveillance testing have been among students, with only three among faculty and staff. Outside of campus, 
The city of Chicago's seven-day positivity rate has increased really dramatically from 2.8% to 5.1% in this past week, reflecting you know, the university trends that we're seeing from our surveillance testing. UChicago Forward encouraged individuals with potential symptoms of COVID-19 or the flu to stay home and schedule a test via MyChart or to look at external citywide testing sites to get that done. I've gotten testing done at CVS, Walgreens, and Howard Brown on 55th for my off-campus friends. That is, um, they're, they're really responsive if you're having trouble getting, um, getting anything scheduled. I've not had trouble with, with Howard Brown on 55th up there. But, uh, you know, regardless, the university reiterated that testing protocols differ depending on whether the person being tested is symptomatic or not. So for symptomatic testings, you'll want to schedule that through my chart or find a citywide testing location. But for asymptomatic testing, both the Walker Museum and Gleacher Center are open. Uh, this includes asymptomatic exposure testing and surveillance testing. But broadly speaking, the state of Illinois has ended the mask mandate for public transportation following the federal lifting of mask mandates for airplanes and other travel. Though these changes have occurred, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the university continue to encourage wearing masks on public transit. So I believe this includes all of the CTA buses, L lines, and the metro. And I imagine it probably includes the UChicago shuttles as well, but don't quote me on that. It's better to be safe than sorry. So just continue to mask up on those public transportation spaces, um, you know, according to the CDC and the university. But I believe that does it for this week's episode of the Chicago Maroon Weekly. As always, I am Isaac. I'm Caitlin. I'm Mickey. I'm Greg. And I'm Jake. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>